Hi, welcome to the Creator's Playbook. I'm Sarah. And I'm Michael. And today we're going to talk about space rock. But after, Space rocks? Yeah. Space rocks. Space and rocks. we'll do so after the intro song. So Space Rock sounds pretty exciting, right? Yeah. Well, I think first we should say we're Creators Playbook. We love inspiring creativity and storytelling through the use of awesome podcasts that uh, we participate in. And um, then we help. We talk about story stuff or science stuff in this case. Yeah. And how it can be used in stories. Exactly. And then we kind of spitball a story. Awesome. All right. Space Rocks. So technically, we're going to be talking about asteroids. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you have a physics degree. Yep. Although I never took astronomy. I never took astronomy either, which is really yep. sad because I love astronomy. And we both grew up on science fiction. So you would think yeah, that Star would naturally Trek. be something we would have taken in college for right. our general ed or whatever. I just, I wanted to take it. I just ran out of time. I, I, mean, I couldn't fit it into my schedule. Yeah. There's, it never worked out. So, I did programming. I did quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics was a lot of fun. That sounds um, really technical. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's child's play and bizarre to say the least. I mean, child's, I, what I learned was child's play compared to what like uh, other in the physics. Doing. Well, real yeah. scientists. Thanks. Real, thanks. What, what real scientists are doing. <laughs> Sorry. Just because I've abandoned physics for computer science doesn't mean. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not a real scientist. <laughs> I didn't mean it. All right. <laughs> But anyways, so I kind of, I regard myself more as a hobbyist, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not like, it's just fun learning stuff and knowing how the universe works and whatnot. And asteroids get brought up a lot in fiction. Technically, it's to the peril of Earth's doom. Of course. Well, you got to have drama. Drama drama makes an interesting story. And and there's nothing like that countdown, you know, there was a like impact in two hours, blah, blah, blah. And then you have like that high intense music and everyone's like freaking mm-hmm. out. And anyways, but I think we probably should go beyond. Beyond the stars? No. Well, probably stick within our solar system. Oh, But okay. beyond the idea of asteroids slamming into our planet because okay. it happens a lot. Yeah, in it fiction. does. I mean, it happened to it the does. dinosaurs, hypothetically. Deep impact. You got Armageddon. Yep. Uh, I'm sure there are more than that, but those are the only two that come to mind. <laughs> yeah. So asteroid. Essentially, what is an asteroid? It's a big giant space rock and it can have metal. There is an asteroid belt located between the Mars and Jupiter planets. Mm-hmm. And there's also, fun fact, asteroids on the orbit of Jupiter as well on either side, which is kind of cool. Really? Either, what do you mean by either side? Like- so on Jupiter's orbit, mm-hmm. you have Jupiter. And then on both sides of Jupiter, there's a band of asteroids that ended up on Jupiter's orbit. It is It actually has a name. They're called Trojan asteroids. Yeah. So you have those. And then you have what's beyond Neptune. You have what's called the Kuiper Belt. Oh, and that I is see. where Pluto hangs out, well, which is okay. not considered a dwarf planet because there are yeah. other... Dwarf planets, space like rock that are of the same size hanging out in the Kuiper Belt as well. Mm-hmm. And beyond that is something called the Oort Cloud, yeah. where there's a dwarf planet called Iris, Eris, Eris, that is comparable to Pluto. Yep. It's actually quite large. 
Yeah, it is actually quite big. I mean, granted, Not- they're they all are dwarfed by several of the moons of Jupiter because Jupiter is just phenomenally big. <laughs> but they're True. quite large. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's the Oort cloud where like a lot of our comets come from. Mm-hmm. And comets are essentially space rock with ice, and as it yep. swings around the sun, it heats up, and the ice treads and we see really fun glowing stuff like last year i think was no rise comet which yeah. was fun yeah i tried to take pictures of that through the telescope and i barely yeah. succeeded it I've- showed up it hung out for a couple of days but there's only one day where like i went out with binoculars and was able to see it right it, the but problem that we're, the we're at in it. utah is that we were up high enough in elevation and f- too far north that by the time this the comet rose in in the evening or set in the morning, it didn't line up well with our sunrise and sunsets. We, yeah. We'd have to go farther east or something to that extent to really get good pictures of it or views of it. So these Trojan asteroids that hang around Jupiter end up in their L4 and L5 Lagrange points. And the really interesting thing about the Lagrange points is they're kind of pockets of gravity that things can get stuck in. And objects can then follow and lead the planet. So we actually use them on Earth. We actually have several hmm. Uh, satellites that point towards the Earth. I think both of them, and they're for weather observations and other things like that, because they're very useful spots in, in satellite trajectories and, and orbital mechanics. Mm-hmm. Okay, so going beyond that, well, not going beyond, we've, we've already gone Well, if we go the beyond the arc cloud, we actually get to the Voyager probes, Voyager 1 and 2, which is quite exciting, because they're outside That's the solar system now. Yay, they've been traveling a very long time. Very okay, so time. back to the asteroid belt. We've got uh, a lot of space rock, <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. of asteroids, which is why it's called the asteroid belt. What's really interesting is that asteroids are just rock, you know, mm-hmm. but there's a small percentage, I can't remember the exact range, that have metals. So these asteroids are made up of nickel and iron. There are other metals that can compose a metal. That can compose a metallic asteroid. So you Mm -hmm. got iron and nickel, which are the main ones. And then you can also have platinum, gold, iridium, palladium, osmium, (laughs) um, rhodium, magnesium. Pretty much a lot of the earth metals, rare earth metals, actually are found on these asteroids. And so there's a lot of talk now about the possibility of mining asteroids for rare earth metals and other valuable metals that we are running out of and are damaging the planet for. Yeah. And oh, an interesting thing is NASA, I don't know like the trajectory, I've, I've looked and there's still articles being written up on it, mm-hmm. but there's something called the Psyche 16. It is an asteroid in the asteroid belt. And it is estimated that this metallic asteroid has a worth of over like 10,000 quadrillion dollars and is worth more than the current Earth's economy, the entire Earth's economy is wrapped up in this asteroid. Well, like, isn't it like tenfold? Yeah, it's, it's insane. It has iron and nickel. Some suspect it might also have gold. But what makes this even more interesting is that it is suspected that this asteroid can or is the heart of a dead planet or a protoplanet where it was developing and never completely formed. And they want to send in, oh, goodness. The probe? Yeah, some kind of probe. So what makes Psyche um, or 16 Psyche so interesting is the fact that it shows the potential of asteroids and the composition of asteroids and what it can mean for Earth's future, what it can mean for the possibility of terraforming Mars, what it can mean for 
mm-hmm. future sp- space exploration. Also, another thing that's in asteroids that people don't really think about too often is water, that you can actually find water in asteroids. And it is estimated by space.com, well, this is what I read off space.com, is that in the asteroid belt, there is between 100 billion and 400 billion gallons of water in the asteroid belt. And with um, the asteroid boil being located right next to Mars, that could be of huge help. And also for more deep space missions as we expand the solar system. I was reading a book earlier this year on uh, terraforming. It was a science fiction book. One of the characters in the book wanted to terraform a planet. So they grabbed asteroids from the the star system's Oort belt and ice asteroids and moved them in and put them in a low or a low low earth orbit, a low enough orbit that they would start skimming the atmosphere and cause rain to rain down on the planet. So I I think this has been proposed before in scientific Mm -hmm. studies, like taking ice asteroids and bringing them in close enough to actually start melting into the atmosphere and raining down on the planet. That's a huge balance because you have to get it just right because now it's like, yeah, it can help create an, I don't know if it can create an atmosphere. Does that help create an atmosphere? Well, the planet has to have an atmosphere. Yeah, for that to be Um, possible. It just helps add water to the planet. Yeah. But if you don't get the calculations correct, you are looking at extinction. Planetary annihilation. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's still sorry about that one that he let go too fast. So it's like it can save it or it can kill it. I mean, it's like one or the other, or it can just go off to space. Like, I mean, it doesn't always have to. Or you you don't, you don't bring it in close enough so it doesn't melt. You know, it, it would take millions of years to melt or whatnot. So I got a little story idea. If you will. If I will. I will, actually. Ooh. Do you want to hear it? I would. All right. If I had any control over my life, I wouldn't be here. I'd be designing virtual dreamscapes for the Nina Corporations. Instead, I am hurtling through space in a giant tin can with other unfortunate souls. Mars orbiting Outpost 3 is the final destination, or so we've been told. I don't know what to believe. Keelum thinks that the human race has made contact with aliens, and we've been selected to be their slaves. He actually thinks that after we reach Mars, we'll be transported to Titus, where he believes a secret colony has been built. The alien race? The cipher? Mole-like creatures? I don't believe these stories, no one does, but those who are obsessed can tell you about the secret invasion of Earth and how they've been monitoring us for centuries, captured on video by the Pentagon and unclassified released. The human race still don't believe. My ancestors didn't. I don't. Kylum, on the other hand, is obsessed with all these conspiracies. There's a lot going on in space that Earth doesn't know about, and if I had the liberty my ancestors once fought for and enjoyed, I would rather have stayed on Earth than be out here, about to see what has been kept hidden. Dum-dum-dum. There you go. Interesting. I like that. Very cool. So good setup, because I have no idea where to take this with the idea of asteroids. I don't know where you want to go with it. Because before we, when we were planning this episode, we were like, let's not do the asteroid hurtling to, or, towards Earth. Let's do something different. Yeah, it was interesting because I was thinking of when I uh, suggested not doing asteroids bombarding the Earth and destroying humanity. I was like, well, what if, what if an asteroid came from outside the solar system and the alien race was living on the asteroid? Due to some cataclysmic event in their previous history, they're like, oh, we got to get off our planet. 
Yeah, so they're get, they're like cleaning on for dear life, as if right. there was like a ship that sunk in the middle of the ocean, and you just have a bunch of people hanging onto a lifeboat. Right. Yeah. So their lifeboat is the asteroid, and the asteroid's been floating through space for millions How of years. Have they survived? Because that's I like don't know. Years. That's well, like maybe years they developed years. some sort of fusion tech, but they didn't get it far enough that they could leave the asteroid just enough to like. All right. Well, humanity. Well, humanity. They're not the humans. remnants they're of aliens. our civilization. Alienanity. <laughs> um, I just made that word up, but um, it's their remnants, and maybe maybe they don't actually. Maybe they all die after you know thousands of years. Something mm-hmm. happens, and there's remnants, ruins on the asteroid, and that so would be cool, actually, yeah. So you, you have this alien race ruins, like the Playboy Indians in Mesa Verde or something like that, mm-hmm. and they're all over this asteroid and the asteroid you know might be quite large a couple miles in diameter or something like that and what, what was her name kilom um that was her friend we didn't oh. i didn't give her a name oh, you didn't give so, her a name so what do you want to name her uh, jade sounds fun jade all right yeah. let's name her after a precious stone that was considered worth more than gold to i don't know if it's the mayan or the aztecs but somewhere down there and has been worth a lot to other cultures as well. Yeah. So Jade, Jade, Jade on this spaceship as she's going to she okay, she was going to a mining or an outpost. She she doesn't outpost. know. She was she was told she was going to one of the space outposts around Mars. Right. And Mars, you know, Mars is no, located next to the asteroid belt. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, what goes on in space, kind of like what happens in Vegas, you know, stays in Vegas while okay. it's kind of What's going on? With space what happens, right in, space now? What in, happens space? in space stays in space. We don't know on Earth what's going on. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. So communication <laughs> is poor and equipment well, failures. Well, no, because um, she talks about not being free anymore. That oh. Earth has now moved into a society. Oh, okay. Like a, in uh, which liberty has been stripped in the got it. yeah population. Right. So mm-hmm. now humans are more like slaves and drones and they do the bidding of the, the state for the betterment of the people and such and such. Yeah, and they're for the like, idea well, you that must it's, it's for be- the best of humanity, but really right. interesting. Yeah. So you set up the scenario where Kylum and Jade are sent on a mission to go to Mars to retrieve something or do something. We don't know what the mission is. They're, they're going like... to stay on um, an orbiting colony around okay. Mars. Okay. Well, so do they know their orders or is it? No, that's what they've been told. So that's and, but she she has doubts because of I all see. these rumors and conspiracies that there might so, be other things involved. Do you know? Okay, so backstory on Jade. What's her What's her qualifications? It sounded like she wanted to do other things like art. She wanted to create dreamscapes for dreamscapes. a virtual reality company of sorts. Okay, so she's kind of like at least. you know, kind of like an Inception type situation. Okay, where virtual worlds. people will escape our world by living in their dreams, and she wanted to create the blueprints of these dreams that was what she wanted to do okay but instead she got chosen to go to this outpost far from home far from earth yeah so she's she spent her whole life working on designing and modeling and creating these false realities okay well, i like this i like this because then this character this jade mm-hmm. she knows how to make virtual worlds and yeah. maybe the maybe the government or the agency selected her for this mission because she's really good at creating very vivid virtual worlds that people can live within. And maybe they use her skills to actually create a virtual world of this asteroid they're going to. And this asteroid has that alien colony. So like this asteroid has the alien ruins on it from another solar, from another star system, from okay. another, you know, place of the universe. And so as, as they get closer and closer to their observation point, they, they realize that there's a space station orbiting this 
pretty large asteroid, kind of like Dactyl flies around Ada, mm-hmm. um, which is another asteroid they found in the asteroid belt that has a little, little, little tiny moon. Anyway, That's side story. But so they get closer and they see this rather large asteroid in this little space station next to it. And they see this network of like the, the side facing them is the side towards the sun. And mm-hmm. they get a glimpse of very regular patterns on the surface that look like roads and uh, or, or supply lines or something like that on the surface of the asteroid. And as they get closer and closer, like Jade's like, what in the world? And that like everyone on the this, the shuttle is like on silent as they stare down. And like, uh, so this is I, when- I, could, I could see Kylum just grabbing jade's shoulder and like her tight her, her it's, like, it's true like, these <laughs> like, aliens oh are my real gosh, there were aliens they were watching us but maybe it's not like what she thought right? yeah but kind of like the, the confirmation translation of rumors yeah okay yeah. so we're gonna go with the fact that this has nothing to do with mars yeah obviously of course and there are these ruins on this asteroid and what if in the course of her learning how to make virtual reality landscapes she studied architecture and um anthropology mm-hmm. and ancient civilizations and so a part of you know like she's been doing this as a hobby mm-hmm. but a part of what she has been doing she doesn't realize how much she knows in her mind she's like why didn't they select some kind of professor some kind of expert on anthropology mm-hmm. They've chosen me because it would be kind of fun, actually, if on the side, as she has been training herself on her spare time, that she's been releasing stuff on, I don't know, like the black web kind of a situation where she's been putting out blueprints and stuff like that. And she has been creating notice from different government agencies. That's why she was selected. And she doesn't realize it. Here she's been trying to get herself noticed by the <laughs> fans. But no, by the Nina Incorporation that does these dream oh, landscapes. Yeah. So that's it, what she was hoping for. But she instead, attracted the wrong people. Instead, the Fed find her and they're like, we have a mission for you, but we're not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to see this character kind of have to go through some interesting struggles i mean like what what direction do you want to take the story do you want to go drama do you want to go i mean like just discovering an asteroid and writing about it, it it's yeah. interesting but it's not like there compelling. has to be some kind of thing should there still be aliens do you want May- to go the right where there might they might be alive maybe they ended up on titus and the asteroid got kicked off and continued because titus is around neptune so you know it continues more and then it got picked up by those who are exploring the asteroid belt. So it's been lodged. And so we don't know how long. It's been how- here in the solar system. Yeah. That would be interesting. I mean, I, I could see a scenario where this asteroid kind of hangs out around Neptune or in Neptune's orbit for thousands, millions of years, and then finally gets kicked out of Neptune's orbit and heads inner system and maybe gets picked up by Mars. And so it's in a loose Mars orbit. Uh, for a couple of years and it just happens to be in this transitory period where it's like moving through the system again and, so and that that would mean that the alien race has been on titus for a very, very could be very so i mean like you, you could you could set up a scenario where there is alien life in the solar system and has been living here for millions of years and maybe they're the ones that seeded life on earth and it's oh. kind of like a reboot experiment i don't know there's so many different ways you can kind of take this yeah. but but i think an interesting one would be where there is life in the solar system, uh, like tight, well, Titan or Titus, uh, in, mm-hmm. in, 
Um, Am I saying it wrong? Is it Titus and not Titan? Well, or well, no, I don't know what the moons of Neptune are. Like, let's Titus. look at the largest moons Titus. in the solar system. Yeah. Well, Titan's around Saturn. Okay. This is the one Wait, that is, it... is around Neptune. Yeah, Titan's Neptune. around Saturn. So, tit- Titania? Yeah, that's around Uranus. Europa. I mean, there's several interesting moons that they might figure like, ah, like this could be habitable, like Callisto or Titan. Yeah, like apparently even in the asteroid belt, there's a dwarf planet called Ceres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my kids, all of my kids are super interested in space and they love this idea of dwarf planets. So they've been bringing <laughs> home books from the library. My, my family goes to the library every couple of weeks and brings home space books. And we read one on the 11 planets of the solar system and it include Aries, Ceres, and what was the other one in the, in the uh, Kuiper belt? Dang it. I can't remember. But, um, there was yeah. one called Maki Maki or Make Make oh, yeah. or something like that. Maki Maki. Is it Maki yep. Maki? I wasn't mm-hmm. sure how to say that. It's Because um, it could be Make Make. Polynesian, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's right? cool. It would be fun if all the dwarf planets in our solar system were inhabited. Haumea is the other one. Including Pluto. So you have Eris, Pluto, Maki Maki, Haumea, and Ceres. Now, Haumea is really interesting because it spins really fast. And so it's like egg-shaped. That sounds dangerous. Yeah. Like you wouldn't oh, want to live there. I don't think you'd want to live any place <laughs> other than Earth. Because <laughs> right. it's precious. But we're off track here. Yes, we are. So do we want to go along with the idea that this alien civilization has been monitoring us? Waiting for the right moment to make contact? Because I, I, it would be fun to put an explanation to all these alien space videos that keep getting leaked that they have this advanced technology yeah i kind of love this idea that they've just been lying there in wait and like they've they've actually developed a rather great civilization and they find it so maybe breathtaking like they're around you suggested a a planet a a moon around neptune Mm -hmm. you know um Maybe they're just, they, they've been able to figure out a, a homeostasis life where they can grow food and whatnot. They actually have all the raw resources, elements they need on the, the moon itself. And they've just gotten used to living around that moon. That's just happened to be where maybe they, they got close enough to the Neptune and they decided to go ahead and make landing on the most habitable moon they found with raw resources or whatnot. They weren't looking for like water or life necessarily. Maybe they're ammonia based. Ammonia actually works a lot like water. Um, and so, but it, it, it has a lot of the same characteristics physically. It's got triple points. It boils and freezes, uh, only much colder than water does. And so maybe they landed on that moon. I don't know what moon that is, but it's got ammonia lakes instead of water lakes. And, and they set up shop there. And that's just what their civilization happened to need. Earth was uninhabitable to them. It was too hot or whatnot. Um, yeah, that these are creatures that prefer and thrive climates. in... Well, Colder climates, they right. they need it below. Yeah, which, which could be really interesting in and of itself. So you you end up with a civilization on on this moon thriving and growing, and maybe they don't use radio technology the same way we do. So we never picked up their transmissions, or maybe they just got at this point. Very, we don't have those frequencies, so we yeah. can't. Yeah, pick maybe up they, on them. they they work. You know, much maybe they're all optical based, and we, they just happen to not shine there. They notice that there's some budding life on Earth, and they're like, "We've got to make sure we don't trip them off because they'll probably blow us up like the last time." You know, in our previous solar system. Yeah, that's why they were floating out on a space rock. Space rock, right? But so what, it, it would be nice and refreshing that for once they want the outer planets. They're like Earth. 
is it's kind of like to us what going and living on Mercury or Venus would be like. Right. It's just too inhospitable. Right. So it's a nice planet, but to them, they need something cooler. Right. So actually, Mars would actually work fairly well for them, but even then. Could, could. But maybe they need the raw resources of the gas giant they're around uh, with the ice. Ice. Uh, what, there's like Neptune has what is an Neptune atmosphere. An atmosphere rich in in raw resources uh, like methane, methane lakes, ice, ice methane, and such. So I, I could see it very being very interesting. So okay, we set up the scenario where we've got this colony, alien colony, living around Neptune, which we didn't discover before. What if they've already been mining for resources? And so here we think on Earth that yeah. the asteroid belt and all the space rocked out in our solar system is up for the take, and oh, we but don't realize they've all been hollowed out. So the asteroid belt maybe still has a lot to be discovered, a lot mm-hmm. to be mined, and this other alien race. I, I don't know how much is in the Kuiper belt because they're closer to the Kuiper belt, which is very vast. I, I was trying to figure out how much asteroid or the worth of the asteroids that are in the Kuiper belt versus the asteroid belt. I don't I, It could I think, just be that there's so, it's so far away that we don't really know. Yeah, I think that's the problem. I, the heavier elements did form farther out from the solar system. So, I mean, Earth mm-hmm. got a good chunk of them, but yeah. I mean, those precious metals did get distributed throughout the outer planets. And so I, I don't think we we have enough information. I don't know. I, I I could be horribly wrong, but I think you're right. I think there's just not a lot we know about the Kuiper Belt and the Oort mm-hmm. Cloud just because it takes so long to get there, for one. And I mean, we only have barely sent out like a handful of probes that have even made it out that far. It would be interesting too that they've chosen specifically to avoid the asteroid belt because they don't want to be detected from us. Mm-hmm. Even though they have been monitoring us and being picked up and they've been taunting our military. Yeah, that could be interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, okay, so you, you, you have this character going out to an asteroid that contains the remnants of this civilization that happened to have drifted into the inner solar system. Mm-hmm. You have a thriving colony in an outer solar system. And what's the dynamic? Where's the where's the fun interaction? The story between the two is it hostile? Is it friendly? Is maybe there a third threat that the two groups now have to get together to fight? Maybe the aliens have a they were running away from a genocidal civilization that was just taking resources from planets and wiping them out, and so it's come to a point where that third civilization has found them and they're on their way. And this is the break-even point where, like, we need to get the humans, which are like ants, across the solar system now with all their funny probes. And we, we've got to team up with the humans to fight this existential threat that's coming into their solar system. So I don't know how you want to spin this to make the story interesting besides just a history lesson on an alien civilization. Yeah, because there has to be conflict of some sort. The whole thing or about... Dilemma. I love dilemmas. Being... The what? I said, or a dilemma. I love dilemmas. Uh, dilemmas. <laughs> the whole idea about another alien race coming to annihilate, I think has been done before. Or maybe the problem is we just have so many stories about aliens just being evil, period. Because I kind of, if if this whole thing about the Pentagon releasing all these videos is true, and it's not some kind of hoax mm-hmm. or misdirection of some sort, it would be interesting if there we were being monitored and watched over by aliens or observed, and yeah. they want us to know that they exist, 
And they're kind of like, don't mess with us because we have greater technology. But at the same time, if they wanted to annihilate us by this point, they could have and they should have. And Should have. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, they're going to do it to themselves. We just have to wait. Why why invade when we can just We give their climate only 12 more years. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, that's kind of where I was saying like, well, you've got this friendlier civilization living within our solar system. Yeah. You know, running away from a dominating civilization. Okay. So we're going to go away with the idea of um, Kylum being worried about becoming a slave. Well, I mean, technically they are slaves. I mean, Earth is in a slave state with this new government. Mm -hmm. One thing that is kind of nagging on me a little bit is the fact that there is this asteroid with the civilization on it. Because if this alien race is as advanced technologically as we are mm-hmm. giving them credit for, why would they willingly let asteroid with their remnants be discovered by Earth? Yeah. We pretty much have established that they are in a situation of taunting us. And now okay. they want us to discover how they got here. Essentially. Interesting. So this is their archaeological dig site, maybe their sacred altar. But why and, would they willingly let it drift? Because they would have the technology well, to keep it within their orbit. Possibly, but maybe maybe they're running out of some raw resources and they just can't maintain things like they used to. Or maybe the smart people that used to maintain these things. Maybe tied it becomes off. a battle of the asteroid belt. Could be. Because I mean, maybe, this, maybe y- the the Kuiper belt and the Oort cloud are so vast and so distant because you're talking it's, it's millions of miles fast. It, it, yeah, it's, fast. it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. And what if they see the asteroid belt as an easier way to gain these resources because so they have to it's move in. more condensed and contained. Yeah. And so I, now we have we have a battle for the asteroid belt. Interesting. Okay, so you want to set up a conflict scenario. So let's I mean, set up okay, a conflict. So, so I'm not saying these are bad aliens. Right, but, but it becomes the survival of the fittest. Right. And, they, and it, they've been letting us develop. They've been letting us grow. They've been watching us. But at the same time, they have needs as well. And they don't want sure, to you know, sure. go away. It, that would be interesting. We've set up our characters. We have an mm-hmm. archaeologist. And what if our a, government doesn't know about these aliens yet? And this be. is just another stage of the taunting to let us know that they exist. Like, they don't want to come out and tell us. They want us to figure it out. What if? What? If, okay. I mean, like, it, this could be like a what if scenario in the sense of like, these aliens are very territorial. And so mm-hmm. by sending this asteroid in that is their property, they're actually making claim to the asteroid belt. It's like their proverbial flag that they've placed in like, you know, this is our land. Don't touch it. And if you do, you know, we'll come after you. And so like by investigating this asteroid further, like and starting to set up operations around it, maybe we're infringing on their rights and didn't even know it or something like that. Well, they wouldn't know that we wouldn't know it, though. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> Could be. Because they they would know us well enough that we we would be ignorant of it. I kind of see it more as a let's kind of give the earthlings something to play with. Oh, distract them while they make a move somewhere else? Interesting. Maybe it is a form of distraction. That that would be interesting. So Mm -hmm. here she is working on trying to find out who the civilization is. And Earth has been so focused on it because it's like, Oh, we're not the oh, only this, ones. Yeah, this, this and is all first those hard stories, concrete evidence. And, and suddenly Kylum is going like, oh my goodness, everything I believe is true. Well, and right. yes and no. It's always like the half-truth situation. Yes, some yeah. of what he believes is true, but other aspects of it isn't. Right. I, I could I could see cases here where there's like murals of events that have happened, like imbued on the surfaces of these dwellings or buildings or like mm-hmm. their art or whatnot happens to be like their spaceships that they've made. 
and they happen to match up with Earth lore spaceships. And there's like the patterns that we all see in crop fields. Like they, they happen to actually be like pictures on the walls of this ancient alien civilization. So they're like, uh, they've been here f- since the beginning of human time or something like that. And yeah, they realized the connection that there's, there's like morals of dinosaurs and pterodactyls. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wait, we didn't realize dinosaurs were feathery or something to that extent. Like the tyrant, yeah. they have a picture. They actually have a photograph on the wall of Dinosaurs T-Rex. are really just giant big birds all over the place. <laughs> right, something bizarre <laughs> like that. And they're like, oh, wow, that's a pretty dinosaur actually or something, you know. Yeah. So like you, you could leave interesting, fun little tidbits of earth history and, and whatnot in this story. And I think the plot should be something more along the lines of like, this is an adventure. And this sets the stage for something much larger that happens later on in the story. I mean, like this could be a first book, you know, the first Mm -hmm. book is the challenges and the adventures that they had in discovering this asteroid and the perils that went into it. And maybe some moral decisions that these characters have to make along the way that kind of pulls at your heartstring. Like, I want to know more. I want to, or they have to make a choice. Maybe something catastrophic happens and they lose part of the crew, you know? So like the story could be more incidental. Oh, sorry, yeah, not the story. The, the plot, the plot is the discovery for this story. They discover an alien race, and maybe book two is well. Now they actually they know where the origins of this, like going back and tracking the orbit, like through orbital dynamics uh, mm-hmm. mechanics. They know, oh, this came from Neptune. So now they sent some probes out to Neptune, and they find more remnants like that. And, and, you know, so you can kind of build this plot, like this plot is discovery. And maybe there's things in earth's history that are quite dark that these aliens started or something like that. I, I don't know. Like you Have pull in some interesting this whole time, right? Pull in some interesting things that maybe make us not trust them. And so this first contact that we're starting to make with this alien race really is a lot more tenuous or tenuous than we thought before. Yeah. So they're not omnipotent. They're not all knowing but they're very, very aware, and yeah, they play maybe, games. Maybe, a, maybe a little mischievous because they've they've already been destroyed once, and they don't yeah. want to be destroyed again, and they don't want to do to us what happened to them. But at the same time, they're in a state of survival, mm. and they're in a situation where they can't live on Earth because of our atmosphere is not Too hostile. Yeah, but yeah. it is a fight for resources. Right, you end up in the end. This story is maybe a f- three book saga on uh, the war between the and. The inner planets versus the outer planets. And it's a war over the asteroid belts, raw resources that they need to. Maybe they're actually just looking at skipping solar system. They're like, we've we've mined enough of the outer planet. We really can't live on the inner planet. So we're only mining the asteroid belt, you know, like to get the resources we need to build a new ship and head out. And maybe there's that miscommunication. Like if Earthlings knew like, oh, you just want some resources so you can hightail it. Like, okay, you can have these asteroids. Those are yours. Please mind them. Go. Right. Or something. I don't know. Something interesting. Because they're I'm, more refugees of sorts trying to. Yeah. But ref- I, I see what you're saying. But I mean, like these are refugees over millions of years. Yeah. I think it's what we've that established. So like this, this is the children of the children of the children. This is their way of uh, life. Time slide, and all they know, have. Million. Um, yeah. <laughs> a lot. And now they have this. So they're they're their own civilization and they have their own ideas and they have their histories and they may not have the same mindset as their ancestors. They may be like, okay, our ancestors were protecting Earth, protecting the resources that Earth can have, but we're a new generation. Yeah. And and it's drifted enough that there's some hostile feelings brewing. And it could be kind of like, you know, with any society, there's the good and the bad. And the bad tends to overtake the good. There could be good members of this alien race 
And so there could be side characters who want to help us or want to help the situation. But as always happens, the bad actors get in front and do stuff. Right. Make it difficult for our characters to succeed. And we, yeah. I mean, that could lead some, to some really interesting story points where you have struggle and overcoming struggle mm-hmm. uh, or, and losing some characters that you've loved along the way. Just to add that realism factor, because we all love hating, we all hate love, we all hate losing our favorite characters. Yeah, it's like Kylo may get himself in a situation of self-fulfilled prophecy. You know, what if he ends up getting taken by the <laughs> they bad study actors? Him. They, and then he, we have Jade, who ends up with finding someone who escaped on one of the ships for the Kylo, but is actually a good person. Interesting. Okay, so you end up with this uh, hostage situation. Mm-hmm. Where they now have to infiltrate the alien society, and they actually have friends on the inside of the alien society at this point to go rescue their friends that have been so, caught. Yeah, and so prison it, break. It, it does become a whole. Oh goodness! I, I mean, that could be a really interesting book series. It's like they realize how deep this civilization is at like captivating humans and studying us for science. They're like, "Wow, this is the first time in Earth's you know two hundred million year history that we've been here for. We've seen the dinosaurs, we've seen ostriches. You know, you pick some random animals, right? And we've tracked them along, but." humans they're intelligent that's kind of interesting oh man they're all over the solar system what are they doing right and so they start taking us and studying us the bad actors do to kind of learn from the intelligent life on earth and this mission this story then becomes like us discovering them in a really interesting roundabout way but in the end it's a prison break story where they we try and rescue the humans that have been enslaved by these people for generations and kick them out of our solar system yeah and then the moral dilemma of the asteroid belt yeah and the future of two societies yeah, you, you can't so have two thriving societies yeah. where the resources only support one. So, yeah, <laughs> you can have some really interesting dynamics there and some questions on hu- the human race. You could you could use the book series as a as an analogy, not as an analogy, but as a way to look into what we're facing here on Earth. We have got raw resources that are dwindling, energy sources that are dwindling, pollution off the charts, and so you can use this like struggle that we're having with living in an ecology. And so this is a, what are those stories called? An analogy or whatnot where... Mor- not a moral, no. Um, I can't remember. I, I can't they, remember. I'm like yeah. a moral tell or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, you could use it as a way to reflect on our current society, only you spread it across the solar system. Mm-hmm. I like it. So awesome. So these are just some ideas of what you can do with asteroids and stories. There mm-hmm. is an entire solar system worth of possibilities and even beyond oh, yeah. that, because I mean, this is just asteroids here. I mean, there's got to be a lot of space rock to be discovered elsewhere oh, yeah. and all the things we, you can do there. We've even had a couple of extra solar space rocks float through. You That's know? exciting. Because, see, yeah. it, it's kind of interesting because we see ourselves going around the sun and all the planets going around the sun. Mm-hmm. And we're traveling through space. But as we're traveling, we're passing through other things. Kind of like um, yeah. with meteor showers. What are, what are meteor showers? It's Earth passing through the dust trail of a comet. And all the little tiny marble-like sized rocks entering Earth's atmosphere creates the meteor shower. And that's only because Earth is passing through these dust trawl remnants. And we forget that as we move around the sun, sun our solar system is moving around the solar system and we're passing through stuff. The solar system is moving around the Milky Way galaxy. Yeah. It's just everything is in movement. Everything's in crossing over each other. This, this totally brings a song from a famous Disney movie. They can't step in the same river twice. It's always moving, always flowing. Yep. And space is in constant like motion. 
on a galactic scale. So I hope you guys got some ideas there and can go play around with some ideas. Mm-hmm. There, you know, maybe there's go a, off there's a whole and- universe to discover here in what's possible in terms of using space as your playground. It's a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us, guys, and in this fun adventure of space rocks floating through the galaxy. If you'd like to continue the story, please follow us on Twitter at Creators PB Pod, or search for us on Facebook. Uh, we guys can't wait to see what you guys create. Thanks. Bye bye. See you next time. Creators Playbook is a Talea Studios production. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at contact at creatorsplaybook.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We cannot wait to see what you make.